darling. What kept you? I was beginning to get a bit worried. Sorry about the delay. Katie's having a nervous breakdown about her economics exam, so I had to do some hand-holding. I promise not to be away too long, so this'll just be a touch base, I'm afraid. Oh, uh, okay. Trials of being a parent. I just have to make the most of your fleeting presence. So, can I get you something to drink? Non-alcoholic, of course. No, I'm fine, thanks. I had some tea with Katie just before I left. Oh, but you go ahead. How was the journey? Great, until I got to the M11. Flight was bang on time at Stansted. There'd been an accident on the motorway earlier, so there was the inevitable delay. Here's looking at you, kid. Certainly looking well. Positively blooming. Pregnancy clearly suits you. I don't know about that. At least the morning sickness seems to have eased off. I'm glad to hear it. Oh, I nearly forgot. This is for you. A present from Borny, Scotland. Oh, how lovely. You shouldn't have. Stones, real Grampian granite. I remembered you saying you didn't like jewellery with gemstones. Here, let me put it on you. Thanks. Clever boy. This is just my style. <laughs> I comes for that. I must confess, however, to having had some help from Greta in choosing it. She has excellent taste. And she can't think too badly of me, if she's acting as a gift consultant for you. She's been great. I expected her to give me a really hard time. Not a bit of it. Even when Megan told her about the pregnancy, she just took it in her stride. Gave me a big hug and wished us both well. She's mellowed a lot recently. Yes, I'm sorry I let the cat out of the bag prematurely. I did swear Megan's secrecy, but I knew she'd be on the phone to Greta with the news as soon as I was out of sight. That's why I texted you to forewarn you. It all worked out for the best. I was able to tell Greta before she picked up Megan's voicemail. And when they finally did speak, Greta was very calm about it all, much to Megan's disgust. She'd expected her sister to be in as high dudgeon about it as she was. Rather took the wind out of her sails. I take it you haven't spoken to Megan since you got back? No, she's not back from work yet. I expect she'll have a few well-chosen words for me when she does. Surely you've spoken to her on the phone in the last few days? Oh, yes, but you know how it is. It's difficult to say what you really want to say, and I could tell she was holding back. <laughs> there was that forced politeness in her voice. I'm sure she'll let rip when she gets me face to face. We'll make sure you treat her with kid gloves. It's all been a massive shock for her. It's not exactly been a walk in the park for me either. But yes, of course, I'll be diplomatic. Good. Now there's something we need to discuss, and I'm rather glad Megan isn't here yet, so we can talk about it in private. Oh dear, that sounds ominous. Do I need to sit down for this? You can stand on your head for all I care, as long as you engage your brain and make a constructive contribution to the discussion. Yes, miss. You're cruising for a bruising, you are. Be serious now. We need to think about the future. Our future. What do you want to do about the, um, situation? Well, I, um, I only want to do what's best for you. I mean, if you think it's not right to, if you don't want to... Never mind about me for the moment. What do you actually want, Edward? We've talked blithely about being totally upfront with each other. Okay, so now it's put your money where your mouth is time. It's just that... 
I've screwed up so much of my life. Not much cop as a husband, lousy father. I don't want to cock it up again. Wouldn't be fair on you or the little one. But to be given the chance to do it better, I mean the relationship with you, and to be a, at my age, well, that'd be such a wonderful, a gift. One I don't deserve. So, if you want to... Sounds as if you're talking yourself into it. It does, rather. A bit scary, though. I know. But as my dear old granddad always used to say, you shouldn't join in if you can't take a joke. Very comforting. He was a commander in the war, so he was very gung-ho. Oh, that's where you get it from, then. And my dad. Must be in the genes. <laughs> I wonder if this little one will follow suit. Will? Does this mean we're getting close to a definite decision? I guess it must. You do realise what you're letting yourself in for. Because it's been a long time since you were anywhere near a screaming baby. No, I'm ready. I wasn't that involved with Greta or Megan when they were born. You just weren't in those days if you were a man. So now I've got the chance to be really part of it, the whole show. We're not putting on a pantomime, you know. No, I, I realised that. I, I just couldn't think of the right word. But yes, I'm up for it all. Feeding, nappy changing, getting up in the middle of the night. I'll hold you to that. You've got to be in this for the long haul. No bailing out when the going gets tough, as it will do. I know. I'm ready. But Leah, what if my health should fail? It fails. And we deal with the problem then, not now. And all the more reason to make sure that you take as good as care of yourself as you can. Yeah, you're right. It's funny. If someone had told me six months ago that I'd be starting a new family, I'd have said they needed certifying. Me too. Ah, oh, that sounds like Megan's car. Uh, I I'd better make tracks. So soon? You only just got here. I don't know. Running away and leaving me to the not-so-tender mercies of Megan. I'm such a heartless cow, aren't I? You're a big boy now. You'll cope. It'll be good for you to spend time with Megan. You've got so much to talk about. Call me in the morning. Oh, Leah, I didn't realise you were here. Hi, Dad. When did you get back? Yeah, hi, Megan. I got in about an hour ago. Got stuck on the motorway for a while. Leah just popped over to say hello. Yes, but it's okay. I'm not stopping. My daughter's got a bit of an exam crisis going on. I have to get back to supply the shoulder to cry on. Hear that, Dad? The voice of a sympathetic parent supporting her daughter. That must be a new one on you. Oh, I can play bad cop when required. Don't you worry. Anyway, your dad's promised to give Katie the benefit of his business brain to help her with her economics A-level revision. Haven't you, Edward? What? Oh, yes. <laughs> More than glad to help out. Though I'm not sure if I can tell her much she doesn't already know. My theoretical knowledge doesn't go much beyond supply and demand. She showed me one of her textbooks. I couldn't make head nor tail of it. But it's a being there and taking an interest that counts, isn't it, Leah? OK, Megan, you've made your point. Well, I'll love you and leave you. See you tomorrow, no doubt. Bye, Megan. I'll see you out. Oh, no. 
He's kissing her in full view of the neighbours. God, how embarrassing. Can I pour you a drink? Wine or something stronger? Don't mind. Whatever you're having. Flange. No need to guess where you've been recently. Nothing wrong in picking up a bit of the local lingo. Greta virtually speaks it like a native now. She's been there that long. Yes. Her accent even sounds Scotch now. Scottish. What? The word Scotch is reserved exclusively for that drink you're downing with such alacrity. You have to say, so-and-so has a Scottish or Scots accent. I'll say what I damn well like. You can pour me another glass of Scottish, please. How long is this going to go on? What? This. The sniping and carping. I know you think I deserve all the bad-mouthing you can dish out. It doesn't really help the situation. Maybe not. But at least it makes me feel a bit better. Does it? Does it really? Isn't it rather just prolonging the agony and stopping you from moving on? That sounds like Leah talking. She's really got you wrapped around her little finger, hasn't she? Not at all. I happen to think you've been stuck in a rut for a long time. Way before I even met Leah. Doing that boring admin job in human resources. Limping from one bad relationship to the next. I mean, you're obviously not happy. I hate to see you like this. And has it never occurred to you that you might have some responsibility for my less than euphoric state of mind? Look, I know my getting together with Leah and then her getting pregnant is a big thing to get your head round. (laughs) That's just the icing on the shitty cake you baked for me. It goes back a lot further than that. Do we have to do the full archaeological dig here? Yes. Some things have been buried too long. Okay, that's the way you want it. How far back do we have to go? I can pinpoint it almost to the day. As soon as I hit my teens and started having opinions of my own that didn't agree with yours, up till then I'd always been Daddy's sweet little girl, the apple of his eye. And you just couldn't handle the fact that I was growing up. That's not true. I'm sure I always try to encourage you to think for yourself. Talk about seeing the past through rose-tinted glasses. I've always looked back on your childhood as being a very happy time. Obviously, there were some rocky patches during your teens, and that's expected. But I don't remember there being anything horrendous about our relationship, until your final year at school, of course. Wasn't there? You were so pleased when I got into the grammar school. But by the time I was in my third year, your attitude had changed. There was always pressure to come top. If I got a good report, there was grudging praise, and then you'd always find some small thing to criticise me about. And if I got a mediocre or bad report, which I did at the end of the fourth year, then my God, you hit the roof. The fact that I'd missed several weeks of term with that really bad dose of glandular fever, it didn't seem to matter to you. It felt like your thought I'd deliberately got myself infected. Guilty as charged. But that's all in the past. Can't we just... (laughs) Oh, I'm just getting started here. Remember that time you had that big party at the house? Marquee in the garden, lots of your business pals and their awful wives. You marched me in front of a group of them and said, This is my brain box daughter, Megan. She's going to get a double first at Cambridge in five years' time. And I thought, he doesn't see me anymore. I'm just a vessel for his dreams. 
The classic case of the pushy parent foisting their own vicarious ambitions onto a luckless offspring. I didn't mean you to be like that. I was just desperate for you to make the most of your talents. Well, thanks to your talented parenting, you managed to achieve the complete opposite. Here she stands before you, your talented failure of a daughter. Don't be silly. Hey, take it easy with the whiskey, love. It's okay, Dad. I'm not pregnant, so I don't have to worry about getting pissed and damaging a fetus. Cheers, Pater. You know, it's funny. I made up my mind at that party to tread on your dreams. But somehow, just deliberately doing badly in my exams to spite you wasn't enough. I had to go a lot further. What are you on about? You always thought Duncan Pollock seduced me. Your sweet, angelic little girl. It was me who did the seducing. I'd always fancied him, in that innocent way schoolgirls do. But then I decided to take it further. I planned it very carefully. I knew I had to be subtle. I couldn't just throw myself at him. So I took my time. I was extra attentive in class, asking all the right questions and supplying the right amount of flattery about his teaching to massage his ego. I always made sure I asked for extra help with my essays because I so wanted to do well and get a grade A. And then... Okay, okay, I get the picture. You don't have to go into all the sordid details. Oh, but I do, Daddy dearest. You deserve to know the truth. The unvarnished, unexpurgated truth before you sail off into the sunset with your new woman and her little bundle of joy. I'm not listening to this anymore. That's right. Run away when you can't face the truth. Just like you've always done, you gutless coward. You need to hear this so you know exactly what all your dreams and schemes led to. You remember that Philip Larkin poem I was always fond of quoting at you when I was studying him for A-level? The famous one about bad parenting. We were always saying the famous opening lines in the sixth form common room because they included the F word. And it always felt so daring to be saying the line out loud. They felt... Yes, all right. I know the line only too well. You don't need to say it. Fine. But I wonder if you remember the end of the poem. Well? Uh, no. Can't say that I do. Not surprising. Few people do. It goes... Get out as early as you can and don't have any kids yourself. Well, you certainly haven't heeded old Phil's advice, have you? Bringing another child into an already overcrowded world. Yes, yes, you don't need to lay it on. You think I haven't gone over all that stuff a thousand times myself? All I want to do now is try to make a better fist of whatever life I've got left. I know that's not much comfort to you, but... What else can I do? If you're looking for sympathy, you've come to the wrong place. You've made that abundantly clear. So, where do we go from here? Head off in different directions, never to darken each other's door again, or try to work through the problem? <laughs> Have you heard yourself? Work through the problem? What do you think this is? Trouble with my homework? Oh my God, you'll be suggesting family counselling sessions next. Oh, there's no point talking to you when you're like this. Leah said to treat you with kid gloves, but what's the use? Oh, thank you, Leah. That was so thoughtful of you. Leave her out of this. You can call me all the names under the sun. Blame me for everything that's gone wrong with your sad little life. But don't drag her into our mess. This is between the two of us. I don't want you upsetting Leah, especially in her... Well, go on, Dad. Say it. Her condition. 
Because, as we all know, that makes her untouchable, a Madonna. Pity you didn't feel the same way about me when I was in that condition. I always tried to support you at that time, when you had your mis... (laughs) You mean my miscarriage? Yes, that's what I was going to... I didn't. What? I didn't have a miscarriage. Duncan Pollock helped me out. He nearly bankrupted himself, but he was adamant that having got me into trouble, he would do everything he could to get me out of it. But how... I was supposedly visiting Greta for a week. Don't you remember? Except I didn't go up to St Andrews. I went to a clinic in London. Duncan arranged it all. But we spoke to you on the phone at Greta's. No, you didn't. You spoke to Greta, who said I wasn't well enough to come to the phone. Remember? Then I called you from London a few days later and told you I'd miscarried. But you thought I was speaking from Scotland. So Greta was in on it all? Yes, good old big sister. My trusty partner in crime. But why put yourself through all that? Why didn't you just tell us that was what you wanted? And have Mum going all hysterical about murdering God's creation? You know what she was like. All her Catholic morality. Not to mention her need to maintain the holier-than-thou family reputation in front of the neighbours and the bridge club. Yes, you certainly like to play the whited sepulchre. That's why she turned a blind eye to your philandering. Anyway, that wasn't the main reason. Sorry, what wasn't? My getting involved with Duncan. I just wanted to get back at you by doing something so reckless, so out of character, because I'd always been such a goody two-shoes. It was just meant to be a token rebellion. Things got out of control. I don't think I ever really expected Duncan to take me seriously. Why not? Well, you know, I thought I might get him to snog me under the mistletoe at the sixth form Christmas party after Smoochy Dance and make all the other girls jealous. I never expected it to go as far as it did. We both got carried away by the excitement and danger of it all. Duncan tried to end it on more than one occasion, but by then I was in too deep. Plus, I had a hold over him. I just had to threaten to blow the whistle on him and he'd come running. I enjoyed the power. Sounds pretty pathetic now, but then it was like, it was like one part of my life that neither you nor mum had any control over. You make us sound like the Gestapo. No, you're more like a combination of Big Brother and Mother Superior. Ah, Thanks for the ringing endorsement. Anyway, you still haven't said what the main reason was for having the abortion. I should have thought that was fairly obvious. Well, uh, presumably because you didn't feel ready to have a child? No, Dad. I could have coped with that, even though it would have been difficult. So what was it? Don't you see? I wouldn't have been able to go to Cambridge. I wouldn't have been able to fulfil your dream for me. I wanted to please you. I always wanted to do that deep down. (laughs) I failed you. (laughs) I'm so sorry I failed you. No, 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 you haven't. You must never never think that. Shh, 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 shh. Darling girl, anyone's the failure here, it's me. I failed you. You'll always be the apple of my eye. Daddy's girl.
Hi, Greta. Long time no here. Yes, I know. How time flies for us busy professional women. So, how are things? Great. And the boys? Oh, that's good. I bet. Now, more importantly, what about you and this new man of yours? So, do you think it's serious? Oh, that's great. I'm made up for you, Gret. I'm fine. No, really. We both knew it wasn't really working. I think we're both relieved when one of us called time on it. And I was the one who did it. Work? Well, there's good news and bad news. Because of the recession, there are going to be some redundancies and they've asked for voluntary takers before they institute compulsory ones. Anyway, even though I've been there for about 10 years, the voluntary package looks quite reasonable, so I think I'm going to go for it. Well, I'm not going to rush into anything and I pretty well made up my mind to go travelling and see a bit of the world. The first place I'm definitely visiting is Aberdeen. Yeah, it's ages since I saw you and the boys, so you can warn them that Auntie Megan will be descending on them. After that, I think I'll rent out the house so the mortgage gets paid, and then head off into the wide blue yonder. No, I haven't told him yet. I'll wait till the redundancy thing's settled and then break the news. Oh, they're fine. I went round for a proper meal with him the other evening. Tap was on his best behaviour, of course. But it was a lovely evening. Leah's girls are great, though I can see Joanna, the younger one, being a bit of a handful when she hits adolescence. Right, he'll have his work cut out when the baby comes along. No problems as far as I know. The last scan she had was all in order. Yes, it's a boy, so he's really pleased about that. He always wanted an ally against the monstrous regiment, as he calls us. Yeah, it was a bit weird seeing him in that situation, but he seems genuinely happy. They all do, so good luck to them. It's funny, but I feel calmer now than I have in years, even though I'm unattached and soon to be unemployed. The main thing is, I have lots of choices. Yeah, absolutely. Of course I'm still young enough. Yeah, that's right. You're absolutely right. The world's my lobster. Okay, yeah, talk soon. Love to the boys. Love you loads. Bye. Bye. I think a toast is in order. Two lobsters. In Daddy's Girls by Nigel Banks, the role of Megan was played by Amy Flight, Edward by Nigel Banks, and Leah by Nicholas Stewart. Studio engineering and sound editing were done by Robert Burgess, and the play was produced by Nigel Banks. This was an Old Dolly production. <laughs>